Welcome back to another episode of the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Sarah Groot. And I am your other host, Bree Prout. Bree, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. How was yours? Mine was uneventful. The wife was working. The kids were at daycare. I basically did a really, 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 really late spring cleaning to get ready to set up some decorations for the Christmas season. There you go. Yeah. It was otherwise, I mean, it could be worse. <clears throat> a Thursday with some football made it, you know, definitely bearable. Hey. Yeah, I uh, I definitely enjoyed that. We're uh, I'm at my parents' house still, so we are actually going to do Christmas later today for decorations. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, you know, the holiday tradition, that's pretty much what we would do is we would decorate where we'd go by by the, the live tree the day after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and then uh, get it all set up. But uh, this isn't that episode. We're not talking about <laughs> Christmas. We're talking no, about we're, we're talking about a little low budget film called Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Little little Marvel offering that uh, went under everyone's radar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, it is the first. I love movie. that you call it a low budget film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is the first movie to uh hit the theater um uh since the pandemic and be exclusive to the theater, which kind of threw me off. I was getting mm-hmm. kind of used to poning up the extra 30 bucks for Disney Plus or the, you know, the premiere access. Mm-hmm. But uh so far it looks like it's uh, made about uh, 431.3 million, which I don't. I didn't even look to see what the budget is, uh, but I imagine those numbers would have been much higher if we didn't have to deal with the pandemic. Yeah, can't remember. I went to the movie. Oh, I saw Candyman, and I was like, because this was out in the theaters, <laughs> and I was tempted to go, but I went to Candyman instead. That's right, the uh, Willy Wonka ripoff. No, I'm uh. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. I did rewatch it a second time. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I the first it. one. The first one, though, to me, the original is always the best. It's groundbreaking, innovative story. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Shang Chi, the generalized synopsis on it is a uh, martial arts master Shang Chi confronts the past he thought he left behind when he's drawn into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. Of course. The Ten Rings were originally introduced to us in the MCU in Iron Man 3, when you had the Mandarin taking on Tony Stark, and uh, (laughs) we find out that the Mandarin really wasn't in charge of the Ten Rings. That was Trevor Slattery, the actor from Liverpool, who got sucked into the role, and uh, subsequently... Uh, he ends up taking kind of the downfall, going to jail for his actions. And then in the Marvel one shot, all hail the King Trevor, who's in jail gets broken out by the 10 rings. And it leaves us hanging for many, many years to come until this film. So this film dropped on September 3rd of this year. You've got uh, Simu Lu and Aquafina are the two main headliners. But we also get Benedict Wong. Wong from Doctor Strange ends up making a really cool appearance a few times in that film. Mm-hmm. Give me your initial <laughs> thoughts. What did you think of Shang-Chi? 
Um, overall, what I really enjoyed about one, it's just it's it's a very good movie. But what I think is cool for those who are either not completely submersed into Marvel or even those few people who are still very new to Marvel, aside from Iron Man 3 and slightly Doctor Strange, this is pretty much a standalone movie. You could watch mm-hmm. this, enjoy it, and, and know exactly what's going on. Um, so I, I appreciate that. It reminded me a lot of those those first round of movies that we got from Marvel. Um, that being said, I really enjoyed the action in this movie um, more than some of the action that we've seen a lot recently. Just the the choreography of some of the, well, especially the choreography, right? <clears throat> in the beginning, when we first see the Ten Rings, um, they and he meets his soon-to-be wife, Lee, um, she's she's dancing. They're fighting, but she's dancing. It really is this beautiful choreography, and I, I really appreciated that. I thought that was very cool. I, I think the whole backstory between how Shang-Chi's parents met is incredible. Just mm-hmm. their interaction. You can tell that his father is pretty much arrogant because for what, a thousand years or so he's had those rings Mm -hmm. of course there's legend on how he even got the rings whether he found them in a crater or or whatever that might be Mm -hmm. but he's had those rings for so long and he's conquered everything he can conquer he was arrogant and thought oh it's just another another person for me to defeat even though he found her very charming and Mm -hmm. was immediately attracted to her Mm -hmm. Uh, but she showed quickly that you know, her her whole ability to fight with the power of the dragon, it, it was pretty much what caused him to go, all right, you know what, I'm going to hang these rings up. Let's go have some kids. Let's go have a, you know, a natural <laughs> life. It'll be fine. Um, I thought that whole backstory was compelling. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, uh, you know, Things move on. We get to a present day. Present day, yep. We get, you know, uh, he's going by the name Sean. And him and his buddy Katie, played by Aquafina, are basically park <laughs> cars for a living as valet. And they love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Katie is kind of the irresponsible one of the group. She would rather go out... Uh, doing late night karaoke than uh, having to be responsible <laughs> and getting ready to go to work the next day. But um, their interactions are great just because of the fact that she's somewhat high strung and he's way more mellow, mm-hmm. but it works. It's like mm-hmm. not, it's not an opposites attraction type thing. It's just, it's like they understand each other or at least mm-hmm. they did until she figures out he can fight. <laughs> right. That's that. I, I enjoyed that scene too. So like, I mean, Aquafina and everything that she's been in, she's always that really loud kind of chaotic character. Mm-hmm. So it was really, I enjoyed very much seeing her in this role where it was those loud chaotic moments, but also like, these chill and quite intelligent, smart and funny moments as well. Uh, I just, she's so much fun to watch in everything that she's been in. 
And um, I was not disappointed with this either. But that scene in particular, when they're on the bus and she's like, look at him. Does he look like he knows how to fight? <laughs> and then suddenly he just busts out those moves and starts kicking mm-hmm. so much butt as well, the and bus like, is being torn apart. <laughs> and what it took to, because, you know, they're her family keeps because he's he doesn't have any family right he's right. he's been an orphan he's come to america he doesn't have family and so her family's like well when are you guys getting married and no we're just friends but the second the whoever in the 10 rings organization that ends up being on the bus um throws her into the window he's ready to fight like, mm-hmm. they, they've hurt her he's not okay with that so <laughs> There's a you, lot more. Are you talking about ra- Razor Fist? <laughs> I don't think he. It was, I don't remember if he was the one who threw her in the window or not. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, it's really cool also to see like their relationship and how it develops, and I'm excited. Jumping ahead, way ahead, we know that there's going. We're going to see the Ten Rings again. Right. So I'm really excited to see where their relationship potentially goes because it's. It's kind of got that interesting, unexpected backstory, kind of like you got from from yeah. Sean's parents. Well, and the whole reason for the bus fight was that Sean was wearing a jade necklace that the guy wanted because he recognized it, and uh, so they the pendant, yeah. And so they fight. The bus gets torn up, and they manage to get everybody off the bus after they make it stop and uh sean realizes yeah sean realizes that you know maybe it was his sister that had uh um summoned him you know because he received this postcard that had a specific figure of a dragon on it and so he goes and he ventures off um i think it was macau is where they were heading i want to say that's where that's right and um, ends up going into this underground fight club and he inadvertently mm-hmm. gets himself signed up for it uh, based on how he entered the building. Sign and us. then, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, he's fighting his sister and she's pretty badass too. Uh, self-taught. It turns out because mm-hmm. dad had no interest in training her, yep. but um, she has one of those same pendants as well. And, the Ten Rings were coming after that pendant for some nefarious purpose. And uh, after some crazy fights on the side of a building and scaffolding, mm-hmm. <laughs> they end up um, getting captured by Daddy and the Ten Rings, and they go back to the Ten Rings compound. Mm-hmm. And that's when Dad reveals the reason why he wanted those pendants is that it's a, a map to lead them back to their deceased mother which he believes is being kept behind a barricade at her her home village and she has been calling to daddy saying you know more or less free me free me to say yeah she's been calling to daddy let's not say that again (laughs) (laughs) it isn't that type of movie no (laughs) she she has been calling to um to Sean's father, uh, I guess through what just voices he's hearing. But um, the whole thing is, is that Sean is trying to tell him, look, mom died. 
I was there Mm -hmm. and she's not coming back. And father's like, you don't understand. So it's become an obsession for him. And he is obsessed with wanting to quote, free his, his wife from this village compound that he thinks that, that uh, she's being held captive in. And those pendants were going to lead them to uh, lead him to her. Um, because the village is actually guarded by a, an ever-moving maze of trees. The trees are constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you have to be at the right place at the right time in order to get the path revealed. But the path mm-hmm. closes as you enter, mm-hmm. which is crazy. <laughs> so they have to break out of the Ten Rings compound in order to stop him from being able to do that. Because his plan is, is he's either going to free his wife. Um, or he's going to destroy the village. Yep. He's going to burn it down. Yeah. Yep. So uh, take it from there. What uh, What were your next impressions? Um, well, I mean, from there, because they're arguing their dad, so he doesn't think that they trust him. So he throws them in whatever their holding cells are there, where we, we meet Morris. The, <laughs> Trevor, Slattery, pig- and Morris. The pig chicken. <laughs> the chicken pig. <laughs> with no face. It looks like two butts walking around oh my with wings. <laughs> and it squeaks, and that's how you know what he's saying. Um, but yeah, I'm he's always- a mythical... I mean, really, he's a mythical creature with right. wings, is what he is. I've always appreciated in typically sci-fi movies. You get it often in Marvel. You see it all the time in Star Wars. Just those characters that have been added for some comic relief. And that's 100% what Morris was. (laughs) But um, yeah, so Morris is from there. So he knows knows how to get there. He wants to go home. So he helps them, um, you know, well, he doesn't really help them get out of the compound, but he helps them once they get... um, once they get to their location of like when to turn left, when to turn right, um, when to go faster. And, um, and I can't remember to save my life. It's, um, it's Tau something is where they're trying to go. Oh, the name of the village. Yeah. Uh, it's going to kill me. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been trying to look it up ever since you started talking about it. You know, also what was cool though about meeting Morris is that we get Trevor Slattery back from Iron Man 3 and I'll hail the king. Mm -hmm. And he's captive down there, but he's become kind of this court jester because originally, Mm -hmm. originally the 10 rings were going to kill him and he was there getting ready to be, um, you know, offed. And then he started, uh, Uh, what did he say he went into a rendition of like king lear or something like that and they loved it so he's just been performing for them basically daily as kind of like the court jester so Mm -hmm. um, but he's more than willing to probably escape at this point and he does he follows them out as uh the sister reveals that there's tunnels all underneath the compound and uh they head towards the garage (laughs) <laughs> where they they happen to find some vehicles all lined up in a row and the sister grabs all the keys and they jump into a car that has spray painted on the side razor fist and i'm like <laughs> why would you put your name on the side of the and freaking Katie's car like, i really like this guy <laughs> 
so and even his i think his license plate even said like the like kind of like razor fist kind of spelled out which i was like all right narcissistic but it seems like such a small (laughs) car for a large dude that has Mm -hmm. a blade that protrudes from his arm that heats up yep i feel like he should have been in like a pickup truck or something like that because he's a really large guy (laughs) and not fat like just tall and built but Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> as they escape in a Prius or something like that. I don't know what it was. I forget. <laughs> no, it was a BMW, wasn't it? BMW, yeah. That's right. As I remember thinking, when they finally get to the village, they pull up at the BMW and it just has the camera perfectly on the logo and the model. And I'm like, that's a plug that they paid a lot of money for. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably uh, probably a sponsor. They probably didn't have to pay for it. It probably gave them money. Exactly. Um, picking up. I can't think now. Um, so yeah, so we get to the village and they're being sent away, and then Nan comes out, who is Lee's sister, so um Sean and his sister's aunt, uh, and they begin to slowly welcome them into the village where they get to learn about her their mother and um and where she comes from. And Sean wants to learn how to beat his dad, which is what his mother did. He's like, teach me what she did. Teach me her ways. Um, And so he learns how to fight in the way that his mother did, um, which is, you know, in the dragon. Um, And then eventually, um, inevitably, I guess I should say, you know, I'm going to backtrack. They get these gifts from Nan that were from their mother saying that someday they were going to need them. And they were, are these clothes made of dragon scales. So it's like shields. They were gorgeous um, looking dragon scales. Oh my scale gosh, armor. yes. Yeah. And, um, and everything's red. So when, right. when you're fighting the dragon, it's red where the 10 rings are blue. And I found that very interesting just because in so many other realms... When we see fighting, um, usually red is like the evil and blue is the good. And I automatically, obviously, I'm thinking of Star Wars, um, but that's not the case in this movie at all. But the Ten Rings aren't necessarily evil. They just are looking for the wrong thing, you know? Right, right. You know, he, he thinks that he's doing the right thing by trying to save his wife and basically killing everyone in the process. Mm-hmm. But but in the past, he's shown that he is a rather evil person. Um, anyway, so so yeah, so they start. Um, their dad shows up, so then it's time to fight because he believes that behind this wall made of dragon scales is where his wife is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we find out that that because you know you already mentioned like this mythical creature, this mythical place. They have for thousands of years been the protector of our world. So you kind of, it's a little bit of Dr. Strange in there, right? Because there's all these, Dr. Strange has the ability to go through all these realms, all these Mm -hmm. quote unquote, what we're going to see later in Marvel multiverses. Um, And so this, they've been protecting, there's this, I don't even know what to call it. It's not even really, it's not a dragon because they are the people of the dragon, but it's like a dragon. It's it's this creature it's this creature that's like right. dis- that's going to destroy earth um our earth and so they've built this tomb if you will 
and it's protected by dragon scales to prevent it from ever escaping and destroying anything. But they were, and mm-hmm. they did this thousands of years ago with their people and their dragon. Well, and what was interesting is she was, the aunt was telling the backstory is that beyond that wall, it wasn't just the village. It was like some of the largest cities that would have dwarfed anything that we had here filled mm-hmm. with people. But yeah, these these dark creatures, um, they come in and they start killing everyone and taking their souls and feeding the largest of them, which is oh, yeah. basically right. I totally skipped basically that. a world killer. Yeah. And so yeah, he eats souls, the creature does. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so how he lives. You, you've got these little creatures that as the father is beating the tar out of this dragon scale wall with the 10 rings, the little creatures are getting free Mm -hmm. and heading towards the town to try and steal souls to feed the bigger one. Because when he gets enough energy, he could just knock down the wall anyway himself. Mm -hmm. But right now he's weak, but yeah, daddy's just pounding away and Shang's trying to, uh, to prevent him from doing that. Yeah. Um, from there, as they are starting to escape, you've got the Ten Rings organization is fighting um, Lee's family, her 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 people, and um, and finally, at some point, well, yeah, I kind of glazed over something. So his sister got to use the you know she you said she's a self taught fighter, so the aunt provided her with some tools that she's she's learned to master over the years and like practice fighting, but now it's made out of like dragon scale and Katie learns how to shoot a bow and arrow. So, um, you know, these arrows made out of dragon scale while Mm -hmm. he's learning to fight like his mother did, um, which will all come in handy for this battle. That's, um, you know, essentially inevitable, whether it's going to be against this creature behind the wall or the Ten Rings organization. So as these these mini creatures start coming out of that wall, um, they're like, look, we need to fight together because they're going to kill us all. And Razor Fist is like, heck no, I don't think so. And then all of a sudden these creatures start coming and taking the souls of people. And it's the scariest thing he's ever seen. And he's like, you're right, we need to fight together. So he like cuts yeah. off his razor and puts in a dragon scale knife. And they are they're all ready to fight these creatures. Well, yeah. once he realized that their regular weapons were doing nothing to nothing. those creatures mm-hmm. and the only thing that would kill them is dragon scale weapons, mm-hmm. he was like, uh, my bad. Yeah, we're going to work together. <laughs> Oops. So um, there's this point, too, where um, where Sean or Shang-Chi, it, which that's funny, too, because um, he's trying to explain to Katie on the plane while they're flying to his sister um, you know, my name's not really Sean, it's Shung or it's Shang, Shang Chi. And she like can't say it. She's like, she's like, she's trying to say it. And then she's like, wait, your name is Shang, and you came up with Sean. And you thought your dad wasn't gonna find you. <laughs> well, like, what's wrong with you? He's like, I was 15. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. So anyway, him and his dad, like they're fighting and um and he, you know, he's learning to, you know, because he's fighting like his mom and he's 
got all the confidence in the world that he's going to defeat his dad here in this moment, even though there's still 45 minutes left of the movie. And his dad pretty much like at one point finally uses like the, his full force of the rings beats him in the chest and just sends him straight into the water. And, and that's it. He's done. And, and from there he takes himself to the wall to start pounding the wall. Well, while Sean is sinking into this ocean, this lake, this river, whatever it is, um, he's hearing his mother's voice and she's telling him that he's, he's like the perfect blend of his father and mother. Like he's got this, the peace, you know, like the peace and softness that his mother had, but the willingness and heart to fight like his dad does. Mm -hmm. And, and, and she's like, you have to make it your own. And in that moment, he like, like wakes up and the dragon that we didn't know was still there awakens from the, this sea and together they rise out of the water. And now it's like really serious and time to start defeating these creatures And so, um, you know, the dragon's eating the creatures, the arrows are flying and hitting the creatures. Um, And then Sean goes and starts fighting his dad. And, you know, he's like pleading with his dad, like, please, you have to understand mom is not on the other side of that wall. Eventually the creature gets released. It's coming from the wall. Dad realizes that. And he turns into this soft man again that he was when he was with his wife. The creature gets him and the creature is going to take his soul. And he looks at his son because what happens while they're fighting, when he's sending the rings at Sean, Sean's using everything that he's learned from his mother and he catches the rings. Mm -hmm. He catches five of the rings because usually the rings fly off. They hit whatever their target is and they come right back. Right. So these five rings go to Sean and then they just start circling them and they're turning red. They're not blue anymore. And he's controlling the rings and he sends them back to his dad, you know? Mm-hmm. And then at one point he sends all 10 of them and Sean creates this big, I, it makes me think of, you remember the techno song sandstorm where it's like, you're like, oh. it's, <laughs> it's basically, sense. yeah, they start it orbiting each other. If people could see me, you know, he, he like, <laughs> oh, and then sends it. He, he basically gets them they start orbiting each other in like a yeah. like a like a an orb and <laughs> yeah he sends them off it was pretty a pretty cool moment to see mm-hmm. that and i and also it's like holy crap i also love the fact that when he eventually gets control of all 10 rings because his father throws them at him before he loses his life mm-hmm. um when he's going after the large soul eater and he basically th- throws the all 10 rings down its throat and then starts to do his little move. And then they're orbiting inside the creature itself. And you see it just starting to glow brighter and brighter mm-hmm. until finally it just shreds it. Yep. And I'm like, what a cool move. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that. Well, you know, at one point he's writing, I immediately thought he's he's writing Sisu from Brayan the Last Dragon and that's also Aquafina. <laughs> Which I and yes, I like that kept like coming up in my mind the whole time I was watching it. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just it's it's another water it, dragon. 
it's very interesting just like some parallel things but still obviously an original story but yeah. I thought about that a lot too oh I love Aquafina she's so funny but you know Aquafina um she is one of the reasons why that they were even able to stop that soul eating creature from yep. killing the dragon because you know here she in less than a day learning how to use a bow she gets off a shot that's pretty darn amazing yep. um and i think it hit it in it like the throat oh. yeah yep. which where even gave was, gave him the opening taking, yeah well because what was happening is they were like don't because the the creature latches onto the dragon and is trying to take the dragon's soul. And they're like, mm-hmm. it can't take the soul of our dragon. And so she goes to shoot it. And cause it's already, it's already starting to take the dragon's soul at this point, it's starting to enter the creature's body and she shoots it in the neck, mm-hmm. giving the soul back to the dragon. So then the creature falls, the dragon's released. And then here comes Sean with his 10 rings. Yep. And just, obliterate super scion on them <laughs> yeah it just obliterates this thing <laughs> and then uh you know they they pretty much end from that point and um you know the sister kind of goes her own way and sean and katie next thing you know they're sitting in the bar talking to their friends from earlier about this amazing journey and her friends are all the both of you their know, friends are looking at me. them yeah, looking at him in disbelief. And he's like, no, no, you don't even understand. Like, I, I learned, like, archery in a day. <laughs> and then all of a sudden. <laughs> then uh, out of out of nowhere from behind the friends, uh, Wong shows up with one of his little teleporting rings there and is looking for um, Shang-Chi and meets up with him and says, you and Katie need to come with me. And then I love how Wong grabs the friend's drink and just drinks it himself, the shot of whatever it was they were drinking. And uh, then uh, he asked him if he still has the rings. He said yes, and they are examining him. And then that's when we get kind of that end sequence where we learn that the rings... Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner are Mm -hmm. on hologram platter or plates um talking with wong and them and they learn that those rings are much older than a thousand years but they don't know where the origin's coming from and wong says something very interesting the moment you use those rings we felt it in karmatage and it seems to be sending out a signal but they don't know Mm -hmm. where (laughs) but here's my problem with that anytime there's an issue where there's either a signal or something going on. Captain Marvel's like, oh, I gotta go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Takes off. She did that same thing. Uh, in Endgame. Yeah, in Endgame, she did the same thing mm-hmm. where she had to bail suddenly. And I'm like, I'm sure we're gonna probably get some backstory on that in Captain Marvel 2 or mm-hmm. you know, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel or the Marvels or whatever disney plus show that pops mm-hmm. but she's the first one usually out the door <laughs> and if you noticed bruce banner was not professor hulk or smart hulk he was bruce banner with a cast mm-hmm. so clearly something has occurred since endgame 
that allows Bruce to go back to being Bruce. And I'm sure we're going to probably find out something about that. Uh, maybe as early as um, She-Hulk, because he's supposed to have uh, part in the She-Hulk series on Disney Plus too, as well. Interesting. So we'll see. Yeah. You always notice these little teeny tiny things that like, I just, I don't like, I, yeah, I didn't think about that at all. But as yeah. you're saying that, I'm like, okay, <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still good to see uh, mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner, you know, mm-hmm. even for a few seconds. But then after that, uh, Wong, you know, tells them your lives are going to change forever going forward. And, mm-hmm. and Bruce is like, oh, welcome to the circus, you know? Yep. <laughs> and uh, it, the, he may mention maybe you guys should go home and rest. <laughs> Shang-Chi's like, yeah, yeah, we should. We should go home. Or no, Aquafina said something like, yeah, we should go home and rest. When uh, Shang-Chi then looks at him and goes, or, and then all of a sudden, all three of them are at the karaoke bar singing mm-hmm. oh, Hotel California Welcome by the Eagles. The Hotel Cal- yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that I died laughing at that part. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And then uh, you did watch the end credit scene, right? Post credit scene? With his sister. Okay, good. Down the organization. Make sure you didn't shut that down too early there. <laughs> you know, funny thing, because I know we're going to talk about Jungle Cruise at some point soon mm-hmm. um i watched that with my sister she's a big marvel fan too and disney plus and she was like just so you know there are no post credit scenes for jungle cruise <laughs> and i was like you know what i am so tired <laughs> of this crap because uh, i wouldn't have it's a good thing she told me because i wasn't going to watch any post credits anyway because it's disney not marvel but, right. you know, I'm glad she told me because I wouldn't have watched it. So if there was something, I would have been like, what the crap? <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, all right. So uh, I know that uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 92% rating for this film. Um, what would you say on a scale of one to 10 rings? What do you give in this film? You know, I'm going to give it nine. I, um... I'm trying to be a little bit more picky and stop giving tens out left and right just because I like something so much. Okay. Um, but you know, Marvel's making it increasingly difficult for me to say like what my favorite movie is and who my favorite hero is because dang it, they just keep getting better and better. Mm-hmm. So this one, like Thor's always been my favorite. I've always loved Thor. Okay. Um, and the humor in it. Like, I know a lot of people were not huge fans of Ragnarok, but I thought it was so funny. I thought it was, it was funny. Oh my gosh. I, I it thought was it was better than Dark World. I was like crying tears because I was laughing so much. Um, so I've like, I've always been a huge fan. But then Black Panther came out and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, there's nothing more amazing than this. But now Shang-Chi's come out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this one's really amazing too. Um, I, I'm going to give it a solid nine only because I'm trying to not give out tens because nothing's perfect, right? Okay. Um, I'm going to give this nine and a half rings on this one. It was pretty close to probably one of my favorites in the series of Marvel mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could have sat here and given it a 10 just for the sake of giving it a 10, but instead uh, nine and a half, 
I think where I would slightly downgrade it is I kind of wish we had gotten maybe a little bit more of a visual on the uh, dark creatures other than just the retelling of it from carvings in wood. Like mm-hmm. maybe show us an actual flashback of what the cities look like. And um, well, you said this was a low budget film, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, as low budget as Marvel gets, <laughs> right? <laughs> but other, overall, a solid film, solid mm-hmm. film. I highly recommend it, and you're you're one hundred percent correct. It can act as a uh, standalone film. Um, but other than that, yeah, uh, good offering. Um, you've been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe, and I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Pro. And Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind Podcast Network. You can find us on the web at bkrpn.com. And have a great week, everyone. Circus. I know this is a lot to take in, but you're going to have to start getting used to that. From now on, the trajectory of your lives will be like nothing you've ever experienced before. And there's no going back. You both have a long journey ahead of you. Go home, get some rest. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we probably should do that. Or... Thank you.